0: Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o co. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode.
1: Guys, we are finally starting to record this podcast.
0: <laughs> My God, there are some technical difficulties. You know, things happen. I
2: know. You know, I, I echo those problems. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Oh, Get out man. of here.
1: If it's if it's bad when they listen, that's gonna be bad. I'm gonna feel really, really terrible. Anyway, guys, yeah. 201 podcast. It is amazing how much has happened since our last show. When you yeah. think about
0: it. Mm-hmm. A lot.
1: There are some signings, Petrangelo signed, the Habs did a lot, the Habs, sorry, the uh, the Leafs also did a good bit of stuff. So I want to start the show here though, guys, by saying that we have a Twitter account finally. We had an Instagram, if you're listening to this, you hopefully were following it, but Daniel, Alex, Twitter.
0: Twitter, oh. we are on Twitter, at two on one podcast, I'm about to share my screen here so you can all see the page and you better go follow it
1: you, uh, please follow it if you want to see this 33
0: followers you wow. 33 <laughs> followers low let's go let's go if That's you're
1: your number
0: yeah yeah I guess um yeah well I mean like you can just see here no need to worry about Michael Hutchinson great guy probably stay work on the team we give our
2: classic controversial
0: hot takes Mm -hmm. while
1: we're doing that i want to log on to it and tweet about gallagher we
2: have a good mix yeah
1: victor Mete, happy thanksgiving uh, we've predicted the content that people
2: want
0: exactly we've been predict we predicted or i was me who tweeted that one that vegas and colorado will be the 2020 2021 western conference finals so that's that um yeah
1: Adam's that's gonna, that.
0: That's that for Twitter. Make sure you go follow at Two on One Podcast. The uh, yeah. link will be in the sh- in the description.
2: It'll be fun. We're, f- we're funny guys. We hey, if you uh,
0: yeah, if you leave like a nice comment or a genuine like this a genuine comment about something, maybe we'll say it on the podcast.
2: Yeah,
0: but if you tell me, I my mom doesn't let me stay up to watch vegas games? I'm, not gonna read it.
1: games I'm not gonna read it don't be a canucks yeah. fan okay yeah. well don't be a, an annoying one anyway though guys um next little thing we've been teasing this for a while and it took up any time for me to finally send it all to alex for him to pretty you know, make it all pretty he did that in like a day so that's my fault they're the official two-on-one podcast bingo card of bingo is complete and again if you want to look at it right now go to the youtube version of this episode on youtube that was a bit redundant and you can check it out look how pretty it looks oh my god it's it's beautiful and only the visual experience is the way that you can check it out. when you're on youtube you should check out and subscribe to the channel as well on my youtube channel because there's a new brendan gallagher video that just got uploaded what are you doing go check it out
0: and uh, if you are not watching the YouTube version, make sure you go check, uh, check it out on um, Instagram and Twitter. It'll be up on uh, both of those. And let's just go through a couple of them here.
1: Let's they're, go through they're a couple. All of golden. Them. They're
0: that. all golden. Well, okay. The 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 color choice. Red was for Montreal. Toronto was for. a uh, blue was for Toronto. I just spoiled it. And uh, that yellow or gold. It's for the Anaheim Mighty Ducks.
2: Wow. Not the Vegas Golden Knights.
0: Not the Vegas Golden no, Knights. We no, we don't like that. Uh, so this is this one's probably gonna happen this episode if I can get it there. <laughs> Adam mixes Daniel and Alex. Um, yeah, I'm sure well, he's well. a nice guy, but
1: something I don't mean
0: something. to these are some great ones, and yeah. I mean I didn't come up with any of these. Adam did, I just made it look pretty. So shout out to Adam. He for did making all the work.
1: I, I just wrote down a bunch of things that yeah. I'm the podcast and thought, hey. Line what's up? Anyway, we should we should yeah, let's get to the hockey stuff. Um, there is sort of something unfortunate to open up the show. Um, we're not gonna say who exactly wrote it. We're not gonna cite probably seen it, but don't go out and look, don't click on the article that gives it attention. The only reason we're talking about this is because you can ignore someone's stupid take on Twitter about lineup decisions, but you know, it kind of, I want to say almost belittling and accusing someone of faking gender discrimination is a bit, is a bit much. Um, That's not where 2020 is. That's not where society really is. Um, There was somebody who wrote an article titled, faking gender, sorry, where are we? with hockey riot, reporter, sorry, faking gender discrimination. Where a grown man, or apparently a grown man, this man, accuses Haley Salvian, who was an Ottawa Senators reporter, writer. She's fantastic, by the way. Yeah, athletic. And if you want any yes. proof of that, read any of her stuff. And when Ian Mendez gives you the thumbs up, you're a pretty good person. Um, and accuses her of sort of twisting this DM that she got um, on Twitter and headlines it again faking gender discrimination. And the only part of this article I really want to mention to you guys is, quote, I don't know what it's like to be a woman in sports, and maybe Haley misfired because she's tired of defending her job and sex. But gaslighting hatred is a really expletive way to go about it. And guys, I think this article and that line alone, just the phrase, I don't know what it's like to be a woman in sports exactly proves haley's point and just the lack of respect that women in sports get athletes reporters all of them alex
0: oh yeah um i mean i mean oh, i don't know i don't know where to start cuz it's such a i don't know like i i, I was thinking about it today cuz i actually I, I i saw it this morning and i'm like okay before before we talk about in the podcast i want to think about how i'm going to put this because i don't want to get i don't want to get angry about it because i don't think i'm going to be able to communicate it properly i just i think this is a really Mm -hmm. bad way to look look at things and pretend like these things don't exist like it's true like there's there's a couple names. And again, I'm not going to bring them up. They just, they, they come out with flying hot garbage takes day after day after day after day. And yeah, they get some pretty, pretty bad comments, but we're talking about someone who asked a question about a legitimate question asked about Jack Quinn going number five and what that would mean to the, to the senators. And she's like you And this person said you need to do a better job at asking Pierre Dorian questions. We don't even
1: DM, by the way, not the person. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sorry. We don't even want Jack Quinn at number five. Okay. First off you're not, uh, I listen, again, I could be very mistaken, but that person who's messaging in the DMS is not a journalist. No, no, just, no like if you knew the context of why the question was being asked, uh, Jack Quinn plays where
1: Ottawa 67s I Ottawa
0: believe. 67s He's he was projected at the time to go top 10 is my understanding. Mm-hmm. So 96. I think that's a very legitimate question to ask.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I've heard people ask the dumbest questions. Like useless questions. Dumb's not the right word. Useless questions. No backlash. Mm
1: -hmm. Like Daniel, you. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, I was just kidding.
0: Like this isn't even the. This is the second time this week, and we'll get to the trade later. Rachel, Rachel Dory worked, worked for the New Jersey Devils. She gave her explanation on what she thought of Joey Anderson, someone in the comments goes, well, I think you're wrong on a couple points. And you know, I cover the devils. (laughs) Okay. Figure it out. (sighs) Then someone asked someone, I I don't know. I I think it was either Mark. It might've been Mark masters or it could have been one of Myrtle, Myrtle or um, Siegel from the athletic who put the quote up. Someone asked him about not getting the chance, and about the—I I think it was the grit—and he answered exactly as Rachel Dory said.
1: There's um, to throw it over to here, you here, Daniel. There is always a lot of people might say, "Well, guys, he didn't say anything about their gender." It's so clear, like, don't like the Jack thing, thing Jack Quinn stuff. We've always heard the question, why well, do you do to shut down this player? And a male reporter will never get a DM like that, just calling calling them out for asking a question. Their knowledge of the game will never be asked, Daniel. But with women, there's always that sort of, they have to be second-guessed.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's still like a bias that we kind of see going on in everything. And, you know, again, like what we've talked about, like for a time where hockey has mentioned that you know we've struggled with diversity we've struggled with inclusiveness that you're still gonna you still get these types of opinions from things and from what i saw today was where it's it's that thing where like you know like the cancel culture the the whole call out culture kind of thing where it's like well you know i want to go against the grain and say that this person's kind of using using their gender as an excuse to say that oh i've been victimized but like the very fact that it's not, it doesn't have to be in that those explicit words that are being used, but it has to be more about, you know, it's an ongoing cycle that we've always kind of seen with female reporters, something that, you know, they equally or sometimes more contribute to like, what is going on with the sport that we've always kind of seen that, like, what what are you kind of like, what are you contributing when you have these types of things where you call out someone to say that oh yeah I don't know What the perspective is but I'm going to Write something anyways about it and say This is my opinion on things And you know I'm going to still respond to everybody That responds to me for that and It's the thing what we talked about like what we've seen On the Twitter from what that person Posted it's It's like they, they try to do that whole thing where like They try to have the higher ground with things but It's just kind of like you know it's just fueling The fires it's the responses
0: It it's p- I'll put in two words. It's plain ignorance.
2: It is
1: exactly. Um, listen, it, it's really nice to see everyone. Chris Johnston, Frank Saravelli, um, giving you know, going to to Haley Salvi and being like, you know what, you're the best. We all know how good you are. And um, she deleted the tweet, and she said it because of the negativity around it. And then people are still trying to say, oh, no, you were just wrong about this. Or, You're overplaying this. And it's just be listeners out there. Be better people. Um, treat people right. Because, again, we're all, it's, it's so simple, yet people just don't understand. We're all people at the end of the day. Um, and treat others how you'd like to be treated, honestly. Um,
0: Before we move on, are, are you done or did you have more?
1: Um, that's all I was gonna say before, be- on. So before go we move on. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I think I I've been reading her work, Haley Salvian's work before. I think like it feels like even before we even started the show, to be honest. Um, and all the praise I give the Sens is mm-hmm. mostly from like I'm I'm a subscriber to the Athletic, of course. So most of the stuff I get on the sends is from her plus plus she went to ryerson so yes it's always it's awesome always cool to see that go rams go rams exactly right
1: uh last episode we talked about it was we did the podcast at the end of day one of free agency the big news right as we recorded it was tory crew signing Daniel, would you just like to have a quick second here since you were unfortunately unable to join us? Just to talk about some of the signings from that first day. Tory Krug, I'm assuming you want to talk about guys like Kevin Chattonkirk. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, Um. so I'll start with Ch- Kevin Chattonkirk first. You know, I always have been kind of a fan of the guy. And, you know, the fact that he's been able to kind of resurrect, you know, like his career in a way and to get that contract with the Ducks, you know, I think it kind of shows two ways where – how much he's valued, like not just as a right-hand shot and an offensive guy, but the fact that he went to the Ducks and they kind of spent, kind of like, my indication was at first I was like, I, I don't know, because shouldn't Bob Murray be thinking about, you know, let's go full youth? And, you know, they've hoarded so many prospects that now they kind of feel that, you know, now is the time to kind of see where that goes. But I I guess he thinks that they're further ahead than they that I personally thought they would. And when the one thing I saw with that was John Gibson, where it's a guy in his prime where he's a franchise goal you're not going to give up on. So I guess this is kind of a move to say, like, you know, we're invested in the youth, we're invested in what, you know, Trevor Zegras could do, Isaac Lundestrom could do, you know, maybe Jamie Drysdale, and we'll figure out from there. And we could probably, like, ice a pretty competitive team. Um, for the other signings, the Corey Krug one, it, I don't know, it just it made me feel like not the opposite it's kind of the opposite because i i think he's in a fantastic player but not at alex petrangelo's level but it reminded me of what i talked about before was uh, marion hosa and martin havlat where you know you you don't know where the negotiations are going with one player and then after that it's like, okay, so listen, are you going to sign or not? And then it's like, no, I'm not going to sign. So like one guy replaces you and then that caused the chain reaction, like that other big free agent going the other way. So like crew going to St. Louis to replace Petrangelo and the Petrangelo going to Vegas. So I think it was that kind of negotiation that really kind of affected it in a way. Like there are two teams that could still be very competitive. Like it's something where I didn't really link the blues with tory krug to be honest i really i was fully into no. alex Petrangelo coming back
1: it's Petrangelo off guard apparently that oh i felt it, felt it felt like he got stung there eh and Krug, crew so it's weird because it almost happened to, to tory krug too we'll talk about that a little a little later as well um man poor Poor poor. What's well, he not that poor Alex? He just reached massive deal and about that a little later as long uh, more stuff on Tory Krug and his relationship with Boston, Vancouver, all that marks and stuff, getting Nate Schmidt, all to come. But I think we should very quickly, because we have a lot to get to. Um yeah. the NBA, what surprise yeah. following in the footsteps of the NHL. Uh, they've completed their bubble experience uh, in Disney whatever.
0: In Disney World Zero
1: tests. <laughs> The Lakers are—I are, almost said Stanley Cup champions—are NBA champions, guys. How the do LA Kings feel? are NBA Very... champions.
2: So. Stop
1: it. Why not? <sighs> I don't you know. Got the, the royal jerseys, Daniel.
2: The game six—I don't know. Just you know, game five what? was where it's at. Game six is uh, just—it was. I said I'm a no basketball. Fan.
0: I am no basketball fan. Like I'm not. I'm not big. I'm just not a big basketball fan, but uh, that was that was ugly. That was, ugly. was. That was ugly.
1: I uh, I saw that the thought out in the first or the second quarter, so lopsided. And I, I remember I went into the fourth quarter and saying like, oh, Jimmy Butler's got something to say about that. And then it was it was even worse.
2: <laughs> it's so, all uh, points. Oh Jimmy. Hmm? oh, Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy had 12 points.
1: Oh, Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy. Everyone giving the NBA credit when it's like, the NHL kind of already did this too, but, yeah. you know. Well, they they did it did, before they, it was they, cool. No one... Listen,
0: listen. They they did the impossible. They did it in the middle of Florida.
1: Yeah. That is true. After the and McDonald's only, incident. Only incident. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that and a, a player being accused of cheating on his wife. But messy situation with the NBA. Oh, God. Mm. A great way to open the show for me. The Canadians after thinking to do anything did all the things. Phone keeps well, cutting in and out. Yeah, your if
0: microphones you- kind of, it has been cutting in and out. For I you yelled into it for a yeah. couple minutes. So let's we'll pause oh, it. We can well. get that figured out. Yeah, Whenever you're ready, Adam. We are we're okay, back.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so many if you wonder what the technical difficulties that made this show uh, start so late maybe my microphone but who figured it out um the one time the habs do a lot of stuff and it's not letting me talk about it um with the biggest of the day and that is brendan gallagher has re-signed with the montreal Canadiens. it's a six-year deal the aav is 6.5 million and this right after his agent came out and said no, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. Just came out and said that negotiations had broken apart. Now, for those of you who don't know, it's really funny that most of the time when you see stuff getting released about the Habs, the Habs themselves break it. They share that with Toronto and like the Islanders, that stuff doesn't get leaked. Yeah. So it was wild that it was, an, it, I really believe it, that it was a negotiation tactic by Gallagher's camp. And right away, all of a sudden, they finish it up. Gallagher has got a video saying, I'm so happy to be back, and it's back with Montreal. Um, We'll talk about Toffoli and and Jake Allen in in a second here. We're really just taller Toffoli, guys. But um, the Habs, heart and soul of the team, their longest-serving skater, and in the Saturdays sign, I'll start with you, Alex. How do you like it? How do you like the deal? Brendan Gallagher.
0: Um I, I do like the deal. Like I'm not I'm not gonna bash the deal. I think six and a half for six years uh for someone of his quality, I think is a very fair deal. I actually I think maybe maybe not in the pandemic uh free agency market. I think in a regular market, he would have definitely fetched a bit more than that. I I could imagine he would in the market get upwards of seven million dollars. Um but the reason i'm questioning this deal is how it sets up the future of the team because you just signed to foley who will get to can play left and right wing you still have now you have josh anderson who you just signed who plays of extremely similar game to brendan gallagher <clears throat> you still have jonathan drewen you still have suzuki and kadkinemi who are coming up as well Plus, you have Caulfield, who's going to be in Montreal eventually. So at mm-hmm. some point in the future, you're going to have someone making upwards of $4 million on the third line. Which is a great problem to have, and I think by the, that's by that time, the the. NHL economy will figure it's is going to figure itself out it's not like it's going to be a cap dump for a third round pick or whatever it's just is are you committed it seems like you're very committed to this this whole thing and I feel like you're gonna have to make moves to work around that
1: Daniel
2: yeah. Um. I didn't know. Um. I like. I just saw the breakdown now that uh. It was reported by well. Pierre LeBrun, but it was apparently the source is Chris Johnson that I didn't know in like 2024, 25. That's when like, I guess they gave Gallagher like those money years. Well, he's getting eight million and then nine million for that term. Yeah. And I I kind of agree that you know in the open market for player that he's become that. North of 7 million was going to be something that they had to kind of deal with. And yeah, I understand that what Alex said about the whole thing about these, you know, the amount of money of what Montreal has spent the last few days has been pretty astounding to me. And it's something where I talked about before, where we asked you, Adam, like, where do you feel the Habs are going to be? Like, what are they? And I think now they're fully into the idea that, you know, they could compete. They could be a team that, you know, is not really on the rise anymore because they're getting a lot of guys in their prime that know how to play. They know how to kind of, you know, you know know their niche on the team already. And I, what I kind of think is like mm-hmm. the way that center depth is developing, you know, it's just something that it's an amazing mix of vet, vets, you know, core guy, vet core guys, guys who are coming in, they want to win. They've been good locker room guys in the past. And then they have those young guys here and there who are just keeping, keep on building like what i liked about this were they were able to build a lot of depth and a lot more talent on this team and you know they didn't have to go all in they didn't have to sacrifice prospects they didn't have to sacrifice draft picks and for what the the price point they got on these guys i think it's pretty amazing like the tyler to one like i thought he was getting six million a year by vancouver
1: man (laughs) we'll we'll talk about vancouver losing yeah mostly um Again, I'm still in the times. I started watching hockey in 2014. This is easily probably the best HABS team on paper that I have ever seen. Um, your right of your offense consists of Anderson, Gallagher, Toffoli, and Yoel. Arby is on the fourth line. Right. And then the left side is a mix of Tatar, Drouin, Ganin. And then Paul Byron, who is a bit overpaid, and he needs to get traded pretty soon. But um, him on your fourth line, him and Armia are, are both guys that are, are capable of 20 goals. And then, like, right. Um
2: I love that fourth line. I don't know why something. Really? Oh, go on. Just something about the oh, quality no, of know, that fourth line. You know what?
1: It, it's
0: it's cutting it in. It, out.
1: it could <laughs> end up being, like, is it? Oh my God. A little bit. A little bit? Yeah. Okay, yeah, every
0: every once in a while, Jesus, or it's God. just me. I don't know if. Oh,
2: sorry, I thought was interrupting too much. <clears throat> no, I, no, Dan, pause.
0: But do you hear? Is it just
2: me? I thought Adam was. was I thought he was stopping purposely, oh, but yeah, I okay. can hear it too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Where like I could see your lips move, but I don't hear anything. <clears throat>
0: that that's fine. Yeah. I, I can add something as Adam's trying to um, figure it out. Unless Daniel, you had something to say.
2: Um. All I kind of just said was like the quality of that fourth line, uh, right. Paul Byron and Yol Armia. And then whoever is you know, the center. Yeah, it, it I think it's arguably better than and cheaper than uh, what the Islanders are fielding right now with that no, fourth line. Don't talk bad about them, okay? You're not allowed.
1: All right. The lube Bob. Is that sounding any better?
2: Yeah,
0: it's not the sound. It was just cutting, it cuts in and out. It's, I can't predict it.
1: It just kind of happens. I'm, okay. Well.
0: Um, if it gets bad, I'll bring it up. Do. That's okay. If it gets bad, okay. I'll bring it up.
1: Um. Yeah. You know, I had a quick sort of. Um, <laughs> oh.
0: Just there cut we out go. Of Yeah. <sighs> right. Okay. I'll I'll go. I'll 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 talk quickly. Um. Uh, I'm just gonna
1: use my max mic, whatever. Yeah. I can't. No All right. Um. So what I quickly put together myself was like. You know, the fourth line center for this team is probably going to be Jake Evans. And a fourth line, yeah, could be Armio or Byron down there. Or hell, you could put Lekkinen down there. I mean, if you want to move up Byron for the speed and that. Um, but quickly going to Toffoli, uh, he also – this came out of nowhere. My – oh, I dropped something. I'm sorry. I think I, I told this to Alex and Mike, but I didn't say this to you, Daniel. I can say this on the show. Hopefully, my brother's my brother's girlfriend is not listening to this. If you are Janine, turn it off. Um, my brother, when the Toffoli sign uh, tr- like signing um, happened was announced, he was on the phone with us because he is he was getting like he was asking for the blessing to propose to his girlfriend from her parents, and why he's telling us about everything like the how they had said yes. I opened Twitter by mistake and I saw the Toffoli signing. And I got by in a mistake. bit of trouble because I was so excited about it. Meanwhile, my brother is just being like, oh, yeah, I can propose to my girlfriend. Yeah, by um,
2: mistake. He signs by for mistake.
1: four years, 4.25 a year, he signs for. At least um, said my
2: brother plans in four years. I'm like, okay. What? <laughs> Two different stories going on there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Sorry. So, <laughs> yes, Tyler Toffoli signs in the Montreal Canadiens. And he had scoring. Uh, Josh Anderson was not enough, but they get Tyler Toffoli, who has scored between either 20 or 31 goals once. The only time he has it um, was either shortened season because of injury or whatever, or because he had to play on the LA Kings and they were garbage for a season. So this has been another addition to the right side of the Canadians. Your guys is uh, sort of feeling on Toffoli. Big name. Uh, yeah. Uh, 20,
0: 28. Um Again, middle-loaded contract. I think he he fits what the team needs, right? Um, you know, he adds that needed depth that we've talked about for a while. Um, you know, he does have that scoring touch when they if they need it. Now, I, I saw. I don't know if you you did your own line projections, right? Did oh, am I? Adam?
2: Yeah, you're cutting out. You're cutting oh, out Alex.
0: Oh, am I cutting out? Okay, give me a second. I'm gonna pause it. I'm gonna try something. Two one. Um sorry, I cut out and it's a great night for technical, technical problems. Apparently. Um yeah, Spooky like I was night. saying as <laughs> like I was saying before, it's a really good pickup for the Canadians. I think he brings the grit and he brings a scoring touch, which I think both are what the team kind of need um, I had daily face off I went on daily face off They had Toffoli next to Suzuki And Anderson on the second line So uh, my understanding is Toffoli can play both the left and the right Which I guess is uh, good for them I don't exactly know what Adam You were thinking Where Toffoli would slot in the lineup
1: I actually had him on the second line With Suzuki and Drew And then I, moved, uh, I moved Anderson down with Kakinembe Right. So uh, I mean I
0: think you can go with any combination. Yeah. Um so I mean just based on these two signing these two signings alone, the first thought that came to my mind and it really came to my mind when you texted me that Gallagher resigned or sent a Twitter message whatever he did. In my mind this re-signing, Tatar is not coming back and I think we kind of knew that before and I don't think Dinos coming back either.
2: Really, why not Phil no?
0: Well, first off, he doesn't. Want, apparently, he wasn't happy with the the minutes, right? That's is.
1: All right, that, right. Okay. Or is he's that? He's going to be back on the. He's going to be back on the top line to start the season. That was his. okay.
0: Right, but yeah, that happened, right? Let's yeah, be but clear. six, I six games of a
1: playoff round is I understand. That to I season.
0: understand. Like, but now yeah. they they're still going to have forty-eight or sixty, whatever, two games. You're gonna how okay. How long what we've had the discussions. What is Philip Deneau gonna make on his
2: next contract? 6.5. No he's a wow. center.
1: No. If okay. Radic Faxa um, only got 3.5, then I you don't, you don't I, I don't know. Radic so Faxa how much does
0: is... he so how much he makes three million dollars now? What does Phil Deneau make on his next contract?
1: Uh I'm saying what did Pajot sign for? Five
0: five five around yeah. there so you we're assuming within the next year or two philip Deneau is going to be your third line center right suzuki and kochkin are going to be your first second line centers you can't have a third and new york's going to figure this out eventually you can't have a five million dollar player as your third line center
1: What's really funny is before this podcast we were having this discussion, and I thought we were going to talk about this later because I was not ready for this, <laughs> and now I am in the middle of doing... Listen, it's is it? I don't know.
0: I'm not saying I mean, you trade. You him. have
1: to. No, no, God, no, right? You do not do that.
0: But I think you can. I I think, and you know, I saw it happen in Toronto that both Lou and Dubis got garb, got crapped on for letting JVR for letting Bozak. Um, and a couple other guys walk right to free agency. No questions asked. Komarov, right. Yeah. But you have to think about it for the future in this case scenario. You're not going to pay Philip Deneau $5 million on a longer-term contract when you know in a year or two he's going to be a third-line center. So I think we well, knew Tatar was gone, right? We've had that discussion yeah,
2: before. Gone, yes. I think yeah. a couple episodes. Reclamation ago. prize from the Vegas Golden Knights. Right. And yeah. I think oh,
0: yeah. great, great what he did in Montreal and great what Montreal did for him. But if you know you're gonna be a third line, he's gonna be your third line center. I can't imagine any world where your goalie's making ten and a half, and 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 other things considered, other guys have to get paid eventually, right? I don't think it's viable to like in on any team. This isn't Montreal specific. This is Toronto, Anaheim, the Rangers, the Islanders, whoever. Your third line center should not be making
2: five million dollars. Mm-hmm. I Unless know it's not, you tr- Yeah.
1: Sorry. Go ahead, Daniel. Go I ahead. know he's
2: not there, but it's, I just thought Brandon Sutter.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, don't Gallagher is better than Brandon. I mean, I know, uh,
2: know just the the comparable in terms of the money.
1: Um, I think one thing, if it does happen, um. If they do ha- end up going with that decision, if they're like to make it work, Jonathan Drew has gone. Uh, and right. even that, I think this could be his last season if he doesn't fully prove it. Um, we can to touch on it quickly. Um, the Canadians, uh, you need a second goalie, obviously uh, ex- exposed for the expansion draft that is happening next season with the CI, as in, sorry, 2021, 2022. Yeah. Got its all mixed up. Um, and before that, the Canadians have extended Jake Allen, no one thought this is gonna come, to a two-year deal. He gets two point eight seven five per season. Um, Daniel, I mean shit, I, I swore I got to <laughs> Hopefully the poor mic quality didn't pick that up. Uh, but um, Alex, I'll start with you here. Um Alan Two years, he has not played a game as you rightfully pointed out earlier for the Montreal Canadiens, but they have gone with this extension.
0: I understand why they did it, but I don't necessarily understand why they did it. Um, Right, like I point out, he hasn't played a game. And, you know, yes, last year he was really good. The year before that, he was okay. Like, that's why Bennington ended up becoming Bennington because Jake Allen wasn't good. And I'm not saying that's what's going to be the case next year. I literally have no idea what to expect from Jake Allen next year. Um, that's why I'm a bit weary of the contract. And and I know you can go out and you can, you can trade it. And obviously in this case, I think if you get pennies on the dollar for him, it really doesn't matter. Um, which you're going to get pennies on the dollar for him. Just even if next season Seattle doesn't take him and you want to trade him, Primo's ready, you're going to get pennies. It's just the current market we live in. Ryan Murray went for a fifth round pick. Marcus Nui Var went for Cliff Poo, who I, I haven't heard from since he got traded for Jeff Skinner, right? So I understand why they did it. I don't necessarily agree with it. Um. I think you're muted.
1: Whoops. Uh, Daniel, we do know Kid Primo was the goalie for the American, the Amer- yeah, Americans uh, in the World Juniors, yeah. So uh, another part of the deal, obviously, is if he doesn't get claimed Jake Allen by Seattle, um, that maybe Allen could be used to like, just because of course Primo's only 21, uh, then you over-ripen him as a goalie.
2: Yeah, I think that that's probably the perfect Situation for them to do it. Um, I don't think that they, in what they have right now, or what they would want to do with their prospects, they wouldn't want to rush Kaden Primo. I know he's played already a few games here and there, but what I kind of felt with the Jake Allen signing was it has to, I think, it just what his character is, it kind of just speaks volume of how this deal went down, like what everyone kind of talked about, where you know, the rumblings in the St. Louis locker room they didn't really like that he got traded that he was a high character guy he was someone that you know once he lost the starting position you know he was like fully on supporting Jordan Bimington throughout their Stanley Cup run and Mm -hmm. what I feel now what they get with Jake Allen is he's in a situation where it's just perfectly catered to him as much as I like the guy he's not a starter he's not someone that the Blues I don't think could have won with like you know I know he had like the odd playoff games here and there this year, but for what he's probably going to be capped at where he's probably going to play like 30 or more games, that's just something perfect for him. And for where age ages and for the cap that they got, I think that, you know, finally they got something that is going to really help carry price through these next few years that it's something that it just, it's, it just speaks stability. what we talked about before with the wingers with the defensemen they've been bringing. in, it just speaks volumes to like, you know, this is a team that's, more balanced you know like there's not a lot of glaring holes on this team anymore like i may argue that you know maybe not right now they don't have a true superstar offensively but it doesn't really matter for me at this point because of the quality that's just already there
1: mm-hmm. um by the way if they miss this year bergeman's bergman has gone like i think i think that's it. yeah um uh, taylor hall uh, I'm still not. I'm still yelling. It's Buffalo to this day. Taylor Hall signs a one-year deal with the Buffalo Sabres for eight million dollars, fellas. Um, I started with Alex last time. I'll start here with you, Daniel. Um, why? Why? This reminds me of um. Why?
2: I mean, like a lot of this reminds me of like okay, so I'll use that basketball reference where newly NBA champion uh, John Rondo did this as well. He's not the level, I think, of Taylor Hall. He's never won an MVP, but he's been an all-star. But he's a guy that, you know, he came in and he was considered, like, you know, like one of the premier past first point guards. But then, like, he kind of fell out of favor with a lot of teams, especially the Dallas Mavericks. And he's a guy that, you know, for a few years, he kept taking these, like, show-me contracts that eventually, like, he landed long-term with a team that he wanted to win with, and that was the LA Lakers. What I find with... Taylor Hall is, I'll I'll give you the serious one, then I'll give you the comical uh, comparison. But the more serious one is like, you know, this is a guy that he, I don't think he did get, he got deals he really wanted or the cap hit he wanted. And he went to a team that was willing to take a chance on him. And whether or not that works out, you know, maybe great. You know, I thought of Jeff Skinner in this situation, but I think Taylor Hall had to curb his, expectations of what he was going to get on the open market especially with this cap this flat cap especially with you know he had a pretty down season with the coyotes and like i guess split with the devils and he really is at a point now where like he should be in his prime and stop having these up and down so much if he wants to be considered a star so i think now he just realized i need to really give it a year to you know to showcase myself again, to show that, you know, I'm not going to just be a guy long-term that will give you an MVP season and then like completely disappear for a year and a half afterwards. And my comical one is, this reminds me of an NHL video game signing where, you know, sometimes the big free agent people stay on for too long. Yes. in free agency. yeah, And then they take on like this really random one year deal with like a team that doesn't even like, you know, like they would sign two goalies to like max deals. Like it just reminds me of that or something.
0: I always see Alex Petrangelo do that in NHL 20.
2: <laughs> every time
1: uh, curbing expectations uh playing buffalo might curb his enthusiasm as well uh hello Ryan O'Reilly Alex your thoughts on this
0: so I, I looked at it from two standpoints and i think it that's it's important to look at it from two standpoints in this case from the team i i don't necessarily see the major upside for the team. Now they have a good top six. And I think Adam sent me the picture. It was Hall, Eichel, Olofsson, um, Skinner, Skinner, Skinner Stahl, Reinhardt, who they still have to sign, which is, is quite a good top six if those guys actually play, if Skinner actually plays well uh, and Hall plays well and Olofsson continues, et cetera, et cetera. Where, but their bottom six is so bloody a- below average. And I know, th- I think the name that Adam brought was Tobias Reeder. Um, that's just not good enough. Um, that to me, that's that's not like it's Tobias Reeder. Um, I don't remember the, the center. It's just you look on daily faceoff, it's all below average.
2: I, I kind of like the Cody Eakin signing, like I that's who it is, pretty, Cody. Eakin. Yeah, he was pretty decent as like a bottom six center i know it was 2.85 is a bit pricey for what he brings but i i thought that was something that it was a bit of a stabilizing signing
0: right okay fine but i i still think their bottom six is is below average and i don't think they fix their goaltending issue they have linus all who they still have to resign but i'm sorry carter hunt is not good no
1: you think with the money they used on Eakin, you should have probably thrown that at like Cam Talbot or Thomas. Anybody. Dice, you know, it. Jimmy yeah.
2: Howard. You know, yeah. two games last year. You know, what surprised me. They gave Zesmus Gurdonson over $2 million to be like their fourth line winger.
0: I don't understand. It's the only upside I see from bringing Taylor Holland on a one-year deal is if we get fan. And I, and I think we're going to like, if we see NHL Hawk again, we're going to see fans in the stands. I think that it's the only way some teams are actually going to survive. They need some brand, like they need some excitement because that city has been, and I think fan and Buffalo fans will admit to this have been a literal nightmare for a, for since the off season, Jason Pagula Gets fired or not, Pagula Jason Botterell gets fired after being praised. Uh, like the team, Dwayne, like that guy went off, right? So, from a team standpoint, I don't see a lot of reasons. From a player standpoint, though, it makes sense, kind of. And I so I'll say why. Number one, he gets to play with the best center he's ever played with. I don't know if he got a lot of playing time with Connor McDavid because McDavid was injured. That what did his only year in Edmonton? Um, with the yeah. two of them to together. This was
1: like Yakupov. No, yeah, yeah. How, Sorry, McDavid was like huh, like Yakupov and Benoit Oh, yeah.
2: oh good, good. So they so still haven't figured that out. Okay, Paul and Eberle went on the second line. Oh, okay.
0: Um, you know, if, if you okay. listen to listen to him on Hockey Central, he just when he when they asked him who is the perfect center for Taylor Hall is, he literally described Jack Eichel, a right handed center who can pass and score goals. Right. And that's literally Jack Eichel. So you know this is what pardon.
2: it means. No more excuses for Taylor Hall.
0: No more excuses for Taylor Hall. And you know what's going to happen, and this is the second time they're going to get into this situation. He's going to put up major points next to Jack Eichel because anyone next to Jack Eichel will do that, and he's going to get paid. Whether it's by the Buffalo Sabers, whether it's by whoever, Jeff Skinner did it, man. The guy's got a, a nine million dollar contract.
2: You know, also did it. Sorry, Alex, Alex Semen on the Carolina Hurricanes. He had like an insane point per game season. Then J- Jim Rutherford at the time gave him seven and $7 million a year for seven years. And then he bought him out the next year. <laughs>
1: <sighs> Alexander Seven, that is a name. That's name. a name. Yeah. You, that's Legend. Like, that, yeah, you reminded me of that the other day. How you managed to sneak in two's Alex Seven references in a few weeks is amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, like, really? Like, well, bravo, my man. Um, Toy Krug, we know he re- He uh, signed with the St. Louis Blues to many surprises. But maybe a bigger surprise is just how little communication, apparently, that himself and the Bruins had. Apparently, last year, um, there was the initial, like, six times six, whatever contract was offered. The Krug camp then came back, said, what about a deal? Details we don't know. The Bruins said no. There wasn't any communication. Apparently, Tr- Krug's camp went back in the months following. Bruins didn't say anything, and then apparently that same original offer was pulled back. And you—you you could see it with the tweets between Pasternak and Krug. He really didn't want to leave. No. Like that, they did him dirty. They did that poor man dirty. Why, Daniel? Why?
2: Um, I think it's just what we kind of talked about before where that Bruins team mentality where it's like, hey, so, you know, we're bringing the band back together. So, you know, you better sign this right now, you know, for the good of the team, right? But I think he wanted to explore his options. And then suddenly when the Bruins are like, okay, we're taking away the offer that we're not kind of going to go with this. Like that was kind of upsetting for me because what I kind of felt is I know Tory Krug's 29, but when, you know, with the exception of like they talked about before the exception of like Pasternak and I guess Brad Marchant to a certain extent, like what I see with this team and like, or Charlie McAvoy is that a lot of the other significant pieces are getting older that, mm-hmm. you know, Bergeron has been injured. I know he's, he's like aging like a fine wine though, but like David Krejci has really lost a step. You know, you're, you're probably not going to bring back Chara. Um, you know, Tukarask he he's been good, but you know, this guy's kind of getting up in age as well. And what I kind of saw with Torrey Krug is he was going to be that bridge of the future. You know, he's, he was going to be a guy that, you know, once the Bruins for somehow have so many prospects coming up that he was going to be that bridge where, you know, we're going to see this model of consistency that they didn't have to tear everything down. And if you have someone like Pasternak, you have someone like McAvoy, you don't do that with this team because those guys are already building blocks. So from the Bruins perspective, I really thought it was kind of unfortunate the way they kind of dealt with that because, like, to be honest, I really see their window what two, three more years.
0: I think yeah. they know that too.
1: I'd say two, but
2: yeah,
1: I, you really think that Char is gone? You don't think they're bringing him back? I don't, I don't know.
2: Okay, it's like, a bit a lot bit mum on that.
0: Even if they bring him back, you still you, he's not the same Zdeno chart he's 43 years old
1: uh, I do wonder because I remember I said on the show I thought that Dallas were insane to give Pavelski that contract but San Jose you can say what you want about goaltending that team apparently internally fell apart when they lost Pavelski and if you lose Krug like you're gonna fill it out on the score sheet but losing Char at the same time, when all this this noise coming about about them just not even giving Krug anything, right? That's got to take a hit on morale, doesn't
2: it? I it absolutely does. Sorry, before going, I just found that kind of f- like not funny, but like it was kind of weird that they fell apart. like you know, reportedly after Joe Pavelski left, because they still had Marlowe and Thornton on that team who were two captains before Patrick, uh, before Joe Pavelski became the team captain
1: stripped of it.
2: I know both of them yeah. stripped of it. Yeah.
1: Go on Alex. What are you saying?
0: The thing about Chara is even if you bring Chara back. And I think we saw it this year more than we did the year before his age is showing man. Like this is just a reality. He's 43. The same thing happened with Yager. His age eventually started to show. So you bring Chara back. How long is he going to be able to handle the top four top four minutes then you still need to fill Tory Krug's minutes who on your in your AHL is going to come up you so we know Matt Grizzlick who they still have to resign and Zedao Chara. let's assume they come back they still need another person who can play on the left side yeah tomorrow. Who they just, I think, re signed for to an extension. Yeah. The left, the the defensive market is not as strong. It is like insignificant. The biggest names are Travis Hominik and Sami Vatnan. That'd
2: be crazy if both of them went there. I could see both of them fitting in
1: there. Yeah, but they're both right. No, Vatnan does play on the,
2: sometimes yeah, plays on the left. Sometimes on the left. Yeah, Vatnan can play on the left. But yeah. he's a natural right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Right. Um, so it's quite I,
2: weak. You know what I? You know what I felt about this? Because I've been thinking about this like the last ten years. With wow. Zdeno age, is yeah. Ooh. When is Patrice Bergeron ever gonna get the chance to be a captain? Never. Probably never. <laughs> never. <laughs> you
1: just feel bad for him. That's kind of like Malkin. Like Malkin's never
2: gonna get it. No. Right. Absolutely
1: not. And that's Especially just like that
2: thing where, like, because I remember. Chris Pronger was like the captain of the Ducks for like six months because Scotty Niedermayer's like I don't know if I'm coming back, and then when Scott New York came back, he's like, all right, well, you know, he's the captain now, not Chris Pronger anymore. Or when um, like because Yamer Yager was the captain on two occasions as captain for the Penguins when
1: Lemieux retired
2: those two times. I remember that?
1: <laughs> those two times. Um, we're just talking about defensemen now. Um. Well, they lost more than the defense. Vancouver have Oof. had a rough couple of days. Um, yeah. They lost Jacob Markstrom to a divisional rival. Um, we talked about Calgary already, though. They also, to Calgary, lost Chris Tanev. Four years, he gets $4.5 million there. Though, and they obviously lost to Foley. Um, and they get
0: Nate They lost oh, someone else. They lost, they lost Troy I'm Stetcher.
2: Yeah. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah! Such yeah, an yeah.
2: underrated. Like I have something I think. Like Harmon even said that we, they should we, try to keep him.
1: We will get to him later because he went to Detroit and they did some smart little moves. But anyway, yeah. um, amongst it all, they did. They were very lucky. Freeman made the joke that Vancouver was was burning down until they got Nate Schmidt. Yeah. Because oh boy, it will look bad He does. He has a decently sized ticket too.
0: Hmm he does he makes uh just under 6 million dollars
2: that's a definition oh. of a stabilizing trade i think like they had to do something to like stop the bleeding
0: okay let let me just hear me out for a second cuz I, I think i'd be the f- one of the first people to jump on gms for n- not doing things mhm I think it's really easy to criticize Jim Benning, and I think we, we've seen it on Twitter a lot, for not being able to dump Cap, right? Mm-hmm. But that's what he's getting criticized for. Let's not pretend that the players he's trying to dump are the same players that other teams are trying to dump, right? So let's – some examples that, of who were dumped. Nate Schmidt, third, or third-round pick. Paul Statsny okay. – Carl Darström and a fourth, I think. Ryan Murray was a fifth. And Marcus Nudivara was Cliff Pooh. So uh whatever, like not a very good prospect. Only exception to this would be Eric Goodbranson, who was also traded for a fifth. All the guys I listed, except Eric Goodbranson, yeah. were were good or semi to semi good to good players. Nate Schmidt, mm-hmm. good. Paul Statsny is aging. I still think he's good.
2: He's good. Right Ryan situation.
0: Ryan, right. Ryan Murray. Injury issues, but still a good like everyone, everywhere I've read is saying he's a very good player. And I think Stable Sim day. Pardon? Stable day. R- yeah. And, and and Marcus Nudivara, Daniel absolutely loves this guy. <laughs> yeah. The players that Jim Benning is trying to dump are nowhere near the players like that. Antoine Roussel, Jay Beagle, Sven Berchi, who no one wanted in in a clear no-pandemic market, Louis Erickson, and Brandon Sutter.
1: Mm -hmm. No
0: one wanted Tyler Johnson. No one wanted Marc-Andre Fleury for less than a first-round pick.
1: It says, remember on this show, we went through all three of those guys' point totals uh, at the end of the playoffs. It was just disastrous. I mean, again, if you can't trade legitimate players with talent like Tyler Johnson, you're damn right, Lou Erickson uh, is not going anywhere. Do you guys have a, a quick thought on Chris Tanev and Calgary, that little match. Because they lost Brody. Doesn't look like Hamnick's going back. But they get a... Say what you want about his underlying numbers. He's um, like a really liked guy in the locker room, and he can log minutes.
0: I mean, he also played really well next to Quinn Hughes. Yeah. Which, I mean, is kind of easy to do, but... Yeah. I, I think, at the end of the day, Benning saved himself from not signing both of those extensions.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel?
2: Yeah, I think so, too, that... I don't know. It's just like what it, to Alex talked about, like the evolution of Jim Benning throughout the years where when we talk about these, you know, like he's the one who kind of put himself in this situation, all these signings and all these crazy drafts, you know, like I'm not saying that, you know, he might prove me wrong, but like, you know, Oli only, Ole, Ole, Levy might prove me wrong next year or something, right. but it's just a lot of these moves. It just recently, I think that, you know, he's kind of saved his bacon right now, but um yeah, a lot of these moves have been because of Jim Benning. Like, he gave up assets for Erica Branson. He, you know, took Jake for 10 and 6th, where, you know, he's still a good player, but, you know, who, like, a lot of the guys who we look at now who have become, like, you know, consistent producers after him in that draft. And I think, yeah, Elias Patterson and Quinn Hughes has really saved him. Yeah. But the way I see the Canucks, too, is just, I don't know. It's like, I think maybe I'm just a bit more cynical of this. Where, like, yeah, maybe he saved himself this summer, but it's just kind of been a thing where, like, you know, you you kind of have to do these, you know, affirmative affirmative moves now because of what you've kind of made into Vancouver. Like, what's going to happen for them cap wise in the next like year or two?
0: And just before before we move on, um, like the, the the forward market. UFA market is a lot different than the defense market right now. Like, I think there's still quite a bit. Like, there's quite a few guys out there because there was a lot of guys not qualified that teams can could we scoop hold up.
1: Hold off on that. I I have that later in the show. Okay. Okay. Just to look at look at who's still left. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No worries.
1: And you know they still have to sign Jake And by the way, right. Um. By the way, back off Vancouver. He's nothing close to Brendan Gallagher. Go <laughs> away with that trade speculation. Um. No. So, Man, I'll tell you who's making moves. Colorado, they few uh, re-signs here. Andre Burakovsky. I thought this may have been a bit of a trouble negotiation. Boy, was I wrong. Two years, four point nine million dollars per. Ryan Grace, three years, three point one six 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 seven per and Valerie the two years two point five million dollars per. We'll get to the door of in a second because uh that will go to Chicago there. Yeah. Um but fellas uh, Good couple of moves and all very fair deals for Colorado, who really did not need any more of those. Joe Sackett.
2: Yes, we applaud you.
1: Well done, Joe. Joe. Well done, fellow GM. It's Joe. No, I don't want. No, go away, Joe. Hang I'll on, never.
0: On. I'll never understand why he wasn't GM of
2: the year.
1: No, who? who Lou got
2: it. Yeah, Lou.
1: Oh. You know who I don't have on this? They got Devontae. Yeah.
2: Ew. Oh my God, I forgot about that. For quite a steal, wow. Devontae <laughs> Devontae for two second round picks. Yeah.
1: Like so, yeah. Yeah. For no- nothing. Um, That's nothing
2: pretty low second round that. picks.
1: Yeah.
0: That too. Hopefully, well, not
2: yeah. yeah whatever. Okay.
0: Um, do you, Daniel? Do you want to go first, or do you want yeah, me to go?
2: I'll go. Like. Okay you know this is already an exciting team that we got to see you know that you know we really adam especially chose them coming out of the west and you know it's it's what it's kind of speaks volumes to the fact that you know they're not satisfied at where they were they wanted to keep adding and they were very smart about in terms of the cap in terms of the assets you know they had to move like the two seconds was a steal and it's like that thing where, you know, you lose one player and then you replace him with another guy that, you know, I personally think, like, Devon Taves, he fits that system a lot better than, I'm, I'm trying to, like, not to, like, with Zadorov like, being shipped off. And, you know, they're, we, we, we've talked about before, like, I think we talked about this a year and a half ago in the summer where, you know, they have that that amazing first line that has we've seen it break up here and there with Nemestikov when he was there, when Nemestikov was there. But what we've seen now is like that depth they have aside from the McKinnon line that they keep on adding and they're they not a team at all that's, you know, cap crunched or, you know, gave up the assets. Like, you know, we're still waiting for Alex Newhook, Newhook and Martin Kelt to really like break in or, you know, Bowen Byron or Connor Timmins on that defense, you know, like their goalies are another thing. But like, I'm just going to praise them for the positives that are there right now.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Alex,
0: they have a very, what, what they're doing is very interesting. And I if we'll start on the back end here and just bringing in Devin Taze and re-signing Ryan Graves, I think that's, that's, I think, you know, I, I, I did some research. Ryan Graves spent most of his time playing alongside three players, Kale McCarr, 491 minutes, Sam Gerrard, 137. And the former avalanche Nikita Zadorov for 90 minutes. I mean, if you can get a partner to play with Kale McCarr and you just know that's the guy you're playing, I think you're absolutely set. And I think the fact that they were able to get that in Ryan Graves at $3 million it is a pretty good deal. Getting Devin Tays, um for two seconds, whatever you're going to have to sign him to, it's really not going to be that much of an issue. Um, and right now, Daily Faceoff has him on the third pair alongside Ian Cole, and I mean Connor. To like Daniel was saying, Connor Timmons could come up. We don't know what like what Bo Byron will look like next year, so I think their D is pretty damn like clicked. Like we know what mm-hmm. it's going to be, and there's still pieces that aren't maybe ready yet. Their forward core is insane like Valerie Nichushkin, who's making two and a half right now is slotted on their third line and I mean a fourth line sorry on daily faceoff. so I mean he had 27 points last year and right now I think I see him more as a bottom six guy I think maybe the third I think he's a third line guy you know he could be a along, alongside I don't know JT Comfer and Tyson Yost or who, whoever that may be And with Burakovsky, I mean, I think he really had kind of like a bounce back year for, I mean, still, he's only 25, but 45 points in 58 games. And I think he's a really good middle six guy. And this year, I think he spent most of his time on the third line, but he did make that jump to the second line when there was all those injuries. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the second line this year next to Brandon Saad and Nasim Kadri.
1: -hmm um, you guys know how big a fan I am of Ryan Graves yeah um, I know it's a people we go back and forth with this stat. he did lead the lead leads the league in plus minus. yeah and you know what K.O. McCarr I love the guy more well known for his offensive ability. Uh, Burakovsky with the injuries obviously a factor was second in scoring for the outlets. I really like that player. And I really like that sort of bridge from. And I don't have much to say about Valerie Akushkin because I just, I can never, you know, let go of how big a star he was supposed to be in Dallas. Uh, or the video of him, Ben and Sagan at Christmas and Tyler Sagan just couldn't say his name and he kept laughing. Look at the people. Um, so yeah, we talked about the door offer, but finally he gets shipped out and he gets sent to Chicago. Um, and the Blackhawks have now lost two Brandon Sod trades. Um, they do retain a million dollars of his deal. He has one year left. So the Blackhawks, sorry, the, uh, the Avalanche will be getting his services for five million dollars. Not bad, guys. But, but this probably, if, if, if the core there wanted Sod back the first time, I imagine how happy they are now that they've lost Crawford. And saw it again. And uh, Mark Lazarus of the Lazarus, sorry, of the Athletic had an article where I'll just kind of paraphrase Jonathan Taves saying, "Apparently we're in a rebuild. No one told me. The Blackhawks core are not happy." Um, sorry, Alex.
0: What? You, you didn't know you were in a rebuild? I'm just listen. I and I was in a grouchy mood when I first read it. Right, and Adam got the brunt of it. Yes. But to say you don't know your team's in a rebuild, look around you.
1: See, I, I, I cannot believe that Jonathan Taves and Patrick King didn't know what was going on, or was Bowman really trying to to, to sell to them? Is he only really starting the build the rebuild now? I, I mean, yes, Jonathan Taves I, is not an idiot
0: no he's not he's not
1: officially he's not. starting the like
0: did you read you read the article right yes so you would have seen like you saw the quote uh john McDonough would never sign off on a full teardown um and the players felt they were making strides toward con- contention with an influx of young talent um but with McDonough fired during the pause and interim president Danny Wirtz bringing a fresh set of eyes and potentially looking at a season with few fans in the stands. Anyways, the rebuild apparently got the green light.
1: How did you, I just, with everything with Robin Leonard, cause they would only give him a one year, $3 million deal. I think Friedman's on 31 thoughts, the podcast, the blog came out today. Um, I mean, I understand if if the Blackhawks core feel like that they have not been communicated with very well. Um, that's a prerogative because and at the end of the and if at the end of the day, this was kind of. There's broken telephone going on here. I do think you have a very big obligation to those two because they literally turned your entire franchise around and built the Blackhawks mm-hmm. into what they are. But come on, Jonathan, Patrick, did you not see where you were? I mean, come on.
0: As soon if if you didn't notice, as soon as you lost, you scored zero goals or one goal. How many goals did they score against Nashville?
1: I think it's three. Peckarine had more points than most of the Blackhawks. Yeah.
0: When that happens, and your GM Artemi Panarin for Brandon Saad. You tell me. You tell me where you're at. I thought it was pretty obvious, and I'm just some guy on the outside.
2: Well, way I kind of see it is, I think the team was kind of misguided the last two years because they had that whole thing where they were still pretty good, but they weren't winning. When they kept bringing back, they kept bringing the band back together, right? Like, yes, like Saad. And then, you know, they got back Andrew Ladd and then they brought back Patrick Sharp and then Johnny Oduya. You know, they try to bring back the 2015 team right there. And I think maybe Jonathan James kind of viewed it where, okay, the one thing, yeah, where he, he I feel like he kind of viewed it was, you know, okay, we got the top pick. Like, I think for me, when they got Kirby Doc third overall. That's when I kind of felt like, okay, yeah, you know, this is this is clearly not a team that's gonna turn things around. But then remember that summer, what ends up happening is Stan Bowman goes off and he starts spending again for the first time in a while. Like they get Calvin DeHaan, they get Ali Mata, and I know these are not like, you know, the marquee type of, type of names, but these are guys that you know you bring in to try to fill quote unquote deficiencies here and there. And I think that's what maybe the team kind of bought into where. Okay, suddenly, you know, we're not a team that, you know, we're not just banking on the Adam Boquist. We're not banking on the Kirby Doc. We're looking to find certain pieces in the market, and it clearly did not work. Like, when they got Robin Leonard, I think maybe that was a signal to Jonathan Daves, to Patrick Kane, that, hey, we're trying to do something. And this where, at the time, was a good signing. But, yeah, when they traded him, eventually, it's like Stan Bowman, you know, folding again, like, in less than a year. So I think maybe that there was that sense of hopefulness before covid
0: when you when you're trying to fill deficiencies with calvin DeHaan, Oli Matta, slater cuckoo sorry like I'm just some guy who who has a podcast and I see that they're in a rebuild like it's nothing against Jonathan Tate I bet he's a great guy
2: mm-hmm.
0: but yeah, how do you <laughs> but how do you not see that
2: is it one thing we didn't even talk about either was the Nick Schmaltz trade, where like I think that was kind of a signal too, where you know you're kind of trading a young guy, but at the same time you're you're trying to recoup more assets for him, like yeah. younger assets.
0: See, I I thought that was kind of it was similar to what Montreal and Arizona did in switching young assets and saying both these guys kind of need a fresh start. Yeah. And yeah. I think that that's what I saw it as. And that happens often like I guess I can't get over the fact and I understand why the players are upset and I partially agree with you know they deserve to know if they're in a rebuild But man to say you're coming back with to with this team where half your core is on one leg, like Brent Seabrook is has been out the last how many years with injuries Duncan Keith, while he is still a good player, is not close to what Duncan Keith was during those cup runs.
2: Mm-hmm. You know what this reminds me of? I just I just remembered it. So this is when Tampa was like half their, more than probably 70% of their payroll was when Vincent LeCave, Brad Richards, um, yeah, those two guys, and Martin St. Louis, where, you know, these were technically guys, you know, who were, all-stars like St. Louis was you know he was a superstar but at the same time like they were also still losing and refusing to trade these guys so I think gradually like you know you got lucky you got Stamkos you got Hedman and then you got Kucherov in the second round but it's like you know I I never saw Vincent Lecavier come out and say hey you know we were in a re. We're, I, I didn't know we were in a rebuild when we got Steven Stamkos first overall or something. And you know, unfortunately, the Blackhawks don't have that luxury. But it's just the same instance where it's a team in decline that they don't kind of realize that you know the writing's on the wall.
0: Right, and you know who that reminds me of. That reminds me of Detroit, uh, scratching and clawing it, saying, we need to make the playoffs so we can extend our streak. We need to keep making the playoffs. We need, like, it, it was like, we'd have to do this. Until you realize, like, you have to open your eyes and say, hey, our team is not good enough. Maybe we need either a rebuild or a retool. And I think Montreal got really lucky in saying, hey, we can do this retool perfectly. Weber, Price, we got literally the two of the most important positions filled, you your uh your draft, you can draft, I mean, maybe not the recent first round picks, like going back a few years, not the greatest, but I other other back. otherwise in <laughs> the Habs. Uh, pardon?
1: But yeah. If, how did
0: they No, no, no I, the I'm abs. saying you need to realize when you're in I'm saying you need to realize when you're in you need to either rebuild or retool. And the fact that they still haven't figured it out, or at least the players haven't, is quite frightening.
1: Um, You mentioned Detroit. There is a very, very good uh, video by a guy named Urinating Tree. Me and Dan, I have mentioned it before. Uh, yeah. it's called Detroit. That name always gets to me. <laughs> so he made a video called Fall of the Empire, and he goes through kind of Detroit uh, scratching and clawing those last few years. I encourage listeners to go uh, check it yeah. out. Like giving up a first-round pick for Kyle Quincy that turned into Andre Vasilevsky. Wait, what? Um, but hey, they're they're on the up and up. Last yeah. year they were. Oh my god, my dogs. See they're, they're that's how they feel. They're like Chicago. What are you doing? Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> Detroit won't be a dumpster fire next year. They won't be great, but they do a couple of smart moves here. Uh, yeah. Thomas Grice, an upgrade on Jimmy Howard, two years, three point six per. Toys, Toys, Stetcher. We mentioned a really good deal: two years, one point seven per. And Vlasov, Domestikov, two years, two million dollars per. And our boy Bobby Ryan for a million dollars. I love Lads. it. You do.
2: I love Bobby Ryan.
1: What? What? Bobby Ryan? Not Thomas Grice. It's just you love Bobby Ryan, and Wait, you know, what team did
0: guys. Bobby Ryan play for?
1: Um, Ottawa Senators. <laughs> no,
0: <know>, before that.
2: <laughs> I forgot. Oh, and Sound Attack. <laughs>
1: Really. Play no one sound, eh?
2: Okay. Okay. <laughs> Who that's did he play for now. in
1: the GTHL, Daniel? <laughs>
2: right, we gotta ask Mike about that one.
1: He was a duck. <laughs> that's that's what we're going for. But no, you you know, Daniel, you're laughing. I mean what, what does what does No seriousness Bobby Ryan bring to that lineup?
2: You know, it's a guy that I think wants to play. Like he has that determination to show that he could still be you know an amazing player and I think he didn't really have the chance in Ottawa I know the injuries were here and there and I think it's just coming I think okay what I kind of see it is that he's just re- rejuvenated now he's going on you know a show me deal of 1 million a year to a team that does that you know it's lacking a lot of offensive output and what we've seen with Bobby Ryan is that in bursts you know he's not gonna be that guy that you know we all loved in the 2010s 2011s but he is someone that still could, you know, not necessarily anchor his own lineup, but he could still offer a lot of contributions to it. Like the shot is still there. Like the skating might not be the same, but you know, the shot is still there. Like the effect he's kind of had on a team is still there. Um like I said before, like I think when he was bought out Brady the Chuck came out, Josh Norris came out, and they said, you know, this was a veteran guy that helped us grow on the lineup and it's because it's a guy that they felt like they could emulate and relate to him because, you know, they, those two young guys for the Sens grew up watching him for USA hockey. And then suddenly they have him in the lineup and they say, you know, there's a guy that's trying to help us through the ropes, trying to help us uh, get to where we need to go. And, you know, I'm thinking of, you know, a Dylan Larkin right now, who could really benefit
1: from that. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, Alex, what do you think of some of these moves here?
0: I think, like you said, you kind of put it perfectly. They're not going to be a dumpster fire, but they're still going to be garbage. Um, and I mean that in a nice way, obviously. They brought they brought in some guys, I mean, kind of with the exception of uh, Last Lab, Nemestikov, and Troy Stetcher. They brought in this this offseason some guys with a lot of leadership. Uh, Bobby Ryan, or experience. Not, I mean, I don't know what they're like as, as leaders, but just in terms of experience. Bobby Ryan. Lots of experience. Uh, Mark Stahl, who they got uh, acquired a second, and I don't even remember what they gave up. I think it was future considerations. That guy's got loads of experience. Same with John Merrill, who I believe was. Uh, I don't remember if he was on that Vegas squad. He might have been. He was and, yeah. and Tampa he was like the as well, defenseman. right? And I think he he that he was originally on Tampa. That guy, lots of experience, and Thomas Grice. Who I think him and Bernier, I mean they're not the worst tandem, um, but they're not the best. I think they're interesting moves for both teams.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I have to say a fun or fact or for this we move team
0: story. Just yeah, for Adam, yeah.
2: But we like we don't have to expand it, it's just a fun fact. Okay. okay. John Merrill was a second round pick in two thousand and ten by the New Jersey Devils. And that was a pick they acquired along with Ilya Kovalchuk from the Atlanta Thrashers. Really? Yes.
1: I like those kind of
0: facts. Wait, I'm um, just I'm just curious why that was just for Adam.
2: Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm just – I thought I'm, there was I'm trying, a reason. I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking reason. for the uh, Ilya Kovalchuk connection to the uh, Leafs, but okay, I, can't, okay. I can't find That's it. Okay. I was, no, I understand. Well, you know, the offseason is young. He might still sign with Toronto. We
1: don't
0: I know. understand. Probably not. Probably
2: not.
1: I, by the way, he's like he – rip Kovalchuk. <laughs> so happy that he could be coming back and he's just – disappeared by yeah. the way you know what i noticed about my youtube channel um, i thought you, you guys would get something funny about this um I've, I've started getting someone who regularly comments on it his name is dan jarvis oh. he just left a comment so i mentioned elliot freeman in the video you'll hear it obviously yeah um and he was like elliot's an idiot typical toronto media <laughs> now he wasn't going anywhere Ex- and i was like I'm oh crazy. no oh dear no yeah. Daniel, you know what audience. you have to do.
0: Daniel knows what he has to do. This is unacceptable.
1: Get the comments going. Get more eyes on the video. Um, <laughs> though, you know, like, I didn't realize how old Thomas Grice was by the way. Like, 34? I was like, damn. Good yeah. for him. Um, And stature. What a steal. What a yeah, steal. Man. Sucks. Yeah. Suck at Vancouver. Sorry about that. Not really. At that price mm-hmm um so where are we at time wise alex
0: uh we've been going for uh, just under an hour and 20 minutes
1: so would we like to cut it off there and then we'll start the next episode with the Leafs? sounds good yeah all right so uh, well, let's
0: end the episode
1: well listeners um you, you've liked what we've talked about i bet especially if you've been listening this long you must um tune in for our next episode which will be soon just because we've been going so long we we kind of thought we would be um Doing another episode. If you're here for the Leafs content, check out next episode. These will be opening, talking about the Armenian Army is building, ladies and gentlemen. Zach <laughs> is a the Leaf. They've gotten some nice Let's little go. moves going on. Johnson's deal, Jimmy VC. The, the sweepstakes are gone by. William Neilander should be traded. We're just kidding. <laughs> um, we might laugh at Kyle Clifford um, because what was he doing? Uh, that, and we'll be we're gonna be looking over, you know, some of the free agents still out there. We're gonna be all oh, cry the Craig Smith this is a brew and goddamn it. Corey Crawford went to New Jersey for some reason to talk about that. Um, We're also going to laugh at Tyson Berry because he went to Edmonton. Mm. If he doesn't like Toronto media, well, we'll see what happens at Edmonton. Anyway, um, thank you so much for listening, listeners. Uh, We love you so much. We always do. Um, We did all the normal checklist about the beginning of the episode, so we'll finish off by saying thank you, the voice said, as always, for being a great platform for the show. Check out all three of our social medias. Always, yeah, link below. Um, And we love you And we will see you very, very soon Goodbye